And welcome back, weirdos. This is the 10th, yes, the 10th episode of Weird Austin. We literally had a man kick the door down and demand that this was his spot and his birthright. So without further ado... Is that, is that me? That is you. Oh, my bad. Without further ado, I let him introduce himself. Okay, well, thanks for the introduction, uh, or prelude to a proto-introduction. I'll go with that one. Uh, you sure? Because I, I swear, I hear your vase... Vase, your vase, your face. Vase. I mean, we could reshoot here. Are we talking? That's ah, nah, it is what it is, though. But check you coming at you at uh, DJ Ducky's on Quack on Instagram, or hi underscore I'm underscore Mario on uh, Snapchat, or hi I'm Mario on all other socials, and zero Rami Rami on SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, but it's been frozen for the last uh, like two months. By them or by you? Oh, man, the society, bro. They just they're not ready for it. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, we have a uh, <clears throat> fan question. Uh, this is from uh, Marissa of Watertown, New York. Uh, hey, she shouts out Lady Tuhani. <laughs> currently located in uh, uh, my condo with me. 787 <laughs> For y'all who don't know her, that's, uh, that's my lady, a.k.a. Lady Tuhani. All right, she asks, um, we've been watching a lot of the BuzzFeed videos uh, where they do... Um, they solve crimes. It's it's two guys. They're really good. They do a lot of uh, banter back and forth. You mean like the, the Hardy Brothers? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Hardy Boys. Uh, Hardy Boys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a clue. Uh, shout out South Park. But she says, would you ever go ghost hunting? Because uh, she believes that you're spiritual. Is she uh, correct in her assumption? Well, I believe that if you've ever seen a ghost, your natural inclination is to track that fucking ghost down. And stop at nothing until you've proven that that ghost exists. Otherwise, you know, that just leads you into a, a sanity of insanity. Mm. Okay. But, I mean, spirits and ghosts are completely different, in my opinion. What do you mean? Well, for one thing, uh, you need to have physical proof for a ghost. But a spirit exists in a dimension that you can accept that you have no proof for it. Okay, so then where do phantoms and specters fall on that line uh it sounds synonymous with ghosts to me it could be i haven't consulted like, webster yeah no nah, no nah. the spirit is like the wind man you don't need proof of it but you know it's there uh have you ever had any encounters uh photograph really you took a photo yeah so uh if you ain't already know i'm from el paso the 905 so there's a i guess a re what would you call it like a a rebuild of an old western saloon town. Uh, it's called the MacGuffin. No, is it the MacGuffin? Wait, really? McCullin. Like no, yeah. Well, so they rebuilt like an old western like saloon, but the whole street is set aside with just a bunch of like cardboard cutouts. Of what was a community? And so me and some homies went ghost hunting. Uh, just took some pictures around, and it wasn't until like a day or two later after you look back at the photos, you could see like in the doorway like what looks visibly like you know a face just chilling out, staring at people. But was we know be was it like translucent? I mean, I'll I'll get you the photocopy if uh, yeah. I ever come across the girl with the photos again. But she turned into a, a Twitch streamer and now she's making like thousands of bucks, bro. Hey. So I don't know if she fucks with little people anymore. Oh, can I cuss on this? Yes, but uh, oh, my bad. Someone's alarm is going off. Uh, hey, you were sad. And better than gunshots, am I right? Very, very true. Yeah, when I moved in here, there used to be a lot of helicopter flybys, like Blackhawks or police helicopters or like medevacs well obviously you understand the difference in the propellers for each one of those <laughs> a little bit yeah 
uh, when I was on the flight land in the Navy, I actually saw a couple, couple Blackhawks land, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm driving on the flight land. I might as well just snap a photo, and this dude just, like, fully books it towards my, my truck. He's like, do you have authorization to be taking photos on a military installation? I was like, no. He's like, delete it now or I'll shatter your phone. I'm like, and delete. Yep, it's it's gone. <laughs> and then later, whenever I got to my hangar, they're like, no, seriously, delete that. <laughs> so I don't understand what the, uh, nah, man, the scare was. You a snitch, bro. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess so. Snitching on, you, on your fatherland, motherland, big brother. Well, they were Air Force. We were Navy, so I mean... You know, we, we share a flight line. Uh, they have slightly better aircraft at times. Uh, they had, Stop scratching. Well, they had F-35s back then. It's pretty cool. Uh, so F-35, fighter just means F? I guess if F means fighter, and then 35 is probably just the model number, or what? So, yeah, we'd have 18s. Uh, we were the Charlie, uh, a.k.a. the Legacy, and then you had, like, the one after us. What You can identify it with the square intake versus the circular intake. So if you look at, like, the Blue Angels, that's, that's the, the, the original. plug or what? No, it's the, the intake where the the engine is, right? So you have the turbines at the end of the, the intake, and then you have the engine after that. Right, for all you listeners, you can't see his hand gestures, but no, they're you very sexual we def- right now. <laughs> Okay, we definitely need to make this a visual podcast. Uh, we're still fo- focusing on the, uh, the audio quality, so uh, we appreciate it. But... Back to you, my guest. Um, question about biking uh, in Austin, because I know a lot of people who are trying to get more. Um, you mean cycling? C- sure. Yes, cycling. Because biking can give you the wrong connotation. So right? okay, if it's a bicycle, why are you a cyclist? All right. Well, the hammer and sickle is a communist party. All right. And right. So take half of that communism. It's community. All right. So let's talk to the cycling community and say that. Uh, and you're implying they're all fascists. Years. Well, we're pretty fashionable. I'll give it that. <laughs> okay, touche, touche. But I know you you've had you know friends who've been hitting all that. Oh yeah, so literally what, like yesterday. I um, mean, head on a swivel. Like, how do you stop? No. That? So the the area that we live in has a lot of like, I guess, college age, but also people who are not from this country when they originally started yeah, students, driving. immigrants, honestly. Uh, yeah, but it's more so that they started implementing a lot of bike lanes, but the people haven't really understood how to handle cyclists on the road or share the road i guess is what you see on the signs and my friend she was uh pulling out of a parking lot literally just like down across the street across one intersection uh same one that we both crossed through for work every day and a truck just didn't see her and jesus she skid on the ground had to you know enter that little trauma mm-hmm. and was she wearing a helmet shock nah she wasn't wearing a helmet but mm. she's a soft body so she went out with just uh, some scrapes and bruises could have been a lot worse, and the bike's okay, which really is what concerned me, because it was a nice bike. <laughs> okay. But yeah, filed a little police report, uh, swapped some information. Uh, oh, they stopped? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. It wasn't a hit and run. That guy would have been more conscious to not try and get away in a fully busy parking lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, when I was working at Walgreens, a chick came limping in, like, scrape on her forehead, on her arm, and her friend was holding her, and she was just like, yeah, hit and run, man. Corona. <laughs> Well, this is like three years ago, but... H1N1. <laughs> um, so, I know you said you switched to a fixie, right? Uh, or yeah, from yeah. a fixie? Uh, from free will, freewheeling, I think is what it was. Uh, maybe that, maybe I got that twisted. But yeah, yeah the, the vernacular is when you're coasting and you hear the... On the gears, that just means that you're able to like sit and just have your legs or your feet posted on the pedals mm-hmm. while the bike wheel is continuously moving. 
uh, when you switch to a fixie, your pedals stay locked on the bike chain as the back wheel is moving. So you lose the ability to, to coast where as long as your wheel is moving, your feet are moving, but you gain the ability to bicycle backwards. And that's how like all the professional BMX bikers do all these crazy tricks and stunts and shit. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the only caveat is braking is a is more like a, a feel type thing now. Cause you have to fight your own momentum whenever you're going downhill. And especially like if you start building up a lot of speed and it's so easy. You can go to like zero to fucking forty miles an hour in like five seconds. It's crazy. Wow. A little hyperbole exaggeration, but no exaggeration. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen those people on scooters. I've even seen people, like, two people on a scooter, so... There's a lot more people on scooters, man. I don't know where you're looking at. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, two people sharing a scooter. So, oh, I mean, cute. that scares the... No, man, because you, you can't stop. They do it, like, it's... Titanic style? You're just, like, holding someone up. I mean, it really is just a skateboard <laughs> with a stick coming out the top and, like, a little handle, you know what I mean? Like, it... Have you ever ridden them? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I had a little Razor scooter back in the day, and then I've ridden the, the motorized ones as well. But what I'm saying is, like, at least with a bike, I feel like you can shift momentum a lot easier, even though it's uh, Yeah, you can handle turns for sure. Yeah, so I guess my follow-up question to that is, so you feel like you have more control over your bike? Oh, fuck yeah, man. It's, okay. a, it's like we talk to each other, you know, in a language only we understand. <laughs> you know, it's it's more like it bucks uh, like the first week that i switched to fixie gear i uh, i fell off my bike like two or three times without even leaving my parking lot how'd you land <laughs> cleanly <laughs> i wear gloves so it doesn't really scrape me that's right that's smart but what i've noticed is the transition from like cement to dirt and gravel uh it's it's not clean because, like, you, you can really feel the terrain on what you're riding on. Mm. Like, if you're going to turn on cement, it's kind of easier. You just kind of slow down. But if you're starting to turn on gravel, you got to slow way the fuck down. Because your tires are not going to grip the dirt easy. Because I got those skinny uh, city bike tires. Yeah. You know? And I have I have met the ground too many times on, <laughs> like, too many gravel turns. Jeez. But, hey, you live and learn, you know? Nothing's a great experience teacher like, uh... Oh, I got that twisted. Nothing's a great teacher like experience. Um, so in the last two years, what would you say you experienced the most and learned from? Because you like to do a lot of things. I'd, I'd like to think of you as... Uh, oh, this, this is a wider question. Well, okay. yeah, because you're like the guinea pig. Man, I can you talk about bikes all day, but all right, sure. Let's, well, let's, uh, let's open this up. Yeah, we're, let's we're, unpack this. We're, right? we're breaking, you know, we're breaking right here. We're breaking uh, free with sorry. But honestly, you, you do a yeah, lot of... copyright, you're right. You um, do a lot of tests. Uh, you do a lot of experiments on yourself, I know. So, I don't know. Man, I mean, why you, you got to say it like that, though? <laughs> Can't you just ever ever be ever-evolving? Uh, well, man, if anime taught me anything, you know, this ain't the final form. It's never the final form, you know? Uh, but I guess you, you just can't revert back. No, I mean, in a philosophical sense, you're never the same person every moment that passes. But you're sure. always the same person going into the next moment. I understand, yeah. Um Sean Carroll has a podcast, and the lady he interviewed escapes me. Uh, well, hey, name, but... let, me, let me get at you before I jump in. What's a, What are your favorite podcasts, man? Uh, Sean Carroll's Mindscape is good. Um, notes, notes. Tim Ferriss. Uh, I think it's called the Tim Ferriss Experiment. Uh, of course, Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah, I, I fuck with the Jerry. Tom Bilyeu. Uh, he's Impact Theory. Pretty uh -huh. good. Uh, he's the guy who did Quest Nutrition. Um, but back to my point... 
she she has this way of explaining uh, how you are in different moments of time and she says let's say you called up your mother and and your mother tried to convince you to be a vampire and she's like oh yeah man yeah sure we drink blood we do weird things and you can't go out at daytime but it's wonderful it's the greatest thing you'll ever do all right and then you call your best friend your best friend's like oh you, you're not a vampire yet dude it's wonderful man it's it's a life-changing experience right and it ends up being like uh, uh it, it talks about essentially being a parent Right, so you're calling your mother to be a parent. And they're saying that in that moment before you're a vampire or you're a parent, there's no way of knowing how you're going to react to that actual change day by day. And once you become this new person, there's no guarantee that you're going to enjoy it or even, like, not go uh, back yeah, and man, forth. Change is scary like that. Yeah, so, I don't know. I guess, like, whenever it comes down to the timeline of, of human existence... Like you said, the only thing Which you can is do is tiny in the grand scheme of things. For sure, but the only thing you can do is evolve into change, right? But I guess the ultimate question is, how do you accept who you become whenever some of those choices aren't the right ones? Uh, all right, there's a lot to unpack there. Let it me. Was. Uh, <laughs> all right, I mean to just justify your own change. Uh, if you don't like it keep changing you know easy peasy because there's no like command z there's no f2 button in life you just gotta live with it uh and then to to the whole analogy of a uh, your mom's a vampire your friend's yeah. a vampire why aren't you a fucking vampire come on man it's all labels yo just because you suck blood doesn't mean uh you have to subscribe to a certain activity or a certain way of being whatever adjective you want to define yourself as that's cool with you just, uh, I guess you have to recognize it in the social sphere, where you are a bigger piece of a bigger puzzle. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to change the big pie. You're only like a small percentage of a fraction of a decimal of what is your social network. Right. I mean, everyone I'm sure is, you know, the hero of their own movie or mm -hmm. like the, you know, the protagonist in their own story. So yeah, do with it what you will. But on a bigger lens... What you doing, shit? Like, <laughs> I guess that's as easy way to justify as doing anything, because no one's gonna give a fuck like two months down the road what you did, like ten years ago. So right. no, that's true. I guess that's why some people like to hide their past or deny it. You know, I've never met my pastor. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Was he like in a mask the entire time? No. So, uh, what's El Paso like? <laughs> Uh, it's dry like the heat or like in general I mean it's a great place to, to grow up in and to grow old in but that that middle ground ah, give or take so is this your Rumspringer? Uh Bill Dung's Roman is that what you were trying to, trying you, to refer to no you kind of alluded it was similar to an Amish community in my head so oh, you're oh, leaving I was and experiencing the, the big city of, of Austin you experience the big city of Austin is, is your rum swinging in a sense. Uh, yeah, sure. Hold on, can you write that down? I'm gonna, I'm gonna rum springer. Uh, yeah, I've never heard just that watch word. Sex drive. I mean, that's kind of where I heard of it. Uh, Netflix or Hulu? Probably Amazon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure on one of the streaming services. But what I was talking about was a Bill Dung's roman, which that? in literary terms is uh, referred to as a coming of age tale, mm -hmm. or 
It's like a like Catcher in the Rye, that Holden Caulfield just one day just ditches school and then goes to fuck with a prostitute in a bar and then starts smoking and and literally just like questions his own life and then starts talking to her like a therapist. Damn, I should probably finish Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was all right. I think because uh, was it South Park was saying how that was the book that inspired the yeah. to kill uh, the Beatles guy, mm-hmm. uh, John Lennon. John Lennon. Yeah, can't leave a brain fart on that. But uh. Yeah, yeah, the literary term is quite simply just, you know, growing into adulthood from adolescence. That's what a Bildungsroman is in, you know, my my quick cliff notes. <laughs> so you left after high school? Uh, yeah. Took the summer to raise up some money and skedaddled my way over here. And did you immediately work at the, uh, the club... Oh, bro, you want me to... Th- oh, man, all right, I guess. Hold on, wait. I think I can condense, what, 18, 20 years in a few sentences? Let's go. Sure, go for it. Oh. Pops was uh, quarterback of the football team, 1984, 85 was the class. And my mom, one grade higher, was captain of the cheerleading team. Oh, wow. Yeah, straight out of 80s movies, you know? The two uh, enjoyed themselves, fornicated, had my sister, and then three years later had me. And so, you know, got a chance to work at all the kinks, make sure the golden child had all the stage to set. Come into this class, I'm great. I do all the sports. My dad was my baseball coach half my life. Uh, you name it. Football, baseball, basketball, track, soccer. Uh, cross country was really fun. Uh, that was probably the one that I, I had the most fun in because so many girls were in it. And it was just a great excuse to get out of football season and go fuck with these girls. He coached all of that? Uh, no, my dad only did baseball. Oh, okay. Uh, but everyone else, I guess, father figured into the rest gotcha. of that. Sure. Um, middle school, you know, everyone is awkward. Sure, I have awkward stories, but my mind chooses to forget all those, so I have no more memory and recollection of that. Aren't you happy there aren't camera phones in the past? Yeah, right? <laughs> Flip phones with yep. the five megapixels? Yeah. Like, they ain't even me, bro. <laughs> Yo, that was around the time, was it the Firefly? Was the, it was like the pseudo phone that you get to give out to all your friends? No? Oh yeah, or the Nokia. Yeah, okay. Yeah, man. My grandma had a razor, and uh, yeah, I had one of those too. And of course, the Sidekick, man. I mean, oh, dude, that's the one you slide out the yeah. little keyboard and type, type, type. Dude, yeah. ain't no one know how to. The text original fidget me. spinner, bro. The original just it felt so great to click. Uh, yeah, slip and slide it in your hands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I think uh, once I got to high school, I evolved into one of my first Android phones. And yeah, it was cool. Touchscreen. I'm sure there were still like number pads on there, but uh, I guess. The growing in the technology grew with my social spheres. Uh, what was it, freshman year? Uh, I think around that time, MTV used to have this show called When I Was 17. And I remember distinctly looking at the episode with B.O.B., that, that rapper. Yeah. Like, Airplanes in the night. Yeah. Good. yeah, that guy. Or uh, does that one song of Bruno Mars. And he talked about, yo, man, when I was 17, I had a, I hustled all these people. You know, I bought to all these candy bars and sodas at the Costco. And then put them in my book bag and flip that shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's, that's cool, that's cool. All right. So you did that? Hell yeah, I did that. Did you make a lot? Fucking, I made 20 bucks a week just off the food. And then I joined student council. And around the same time, I was taking graphic design as a class. So I learned Photoshop. And while no one else was looking, I just took all the blank ID tags for student council. Because <laughs> we had to wear them on a lanyard. Nice. And I was like, hey, bro, you want to be John Cena for the day? Hell yeah. Five bucks. Oh, okay. So I printed out like a picture of John Cena, just changed the barcodes, and literally just gave it to him. So whenever teachers ask, where's your hall pass? Where's your ID? 
just hold it up. No one gets a quick enough look to see that it's just some counterfeit shit. Jeez. So you were like the Charlie Bartlett of your school? Uh, less therapy, but more uh, proactivity, yeah. Gotcha. I uh, guess a little mini street hustle gang, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I made a lot of friends, swam a lot of circles the freshman year. And then uh, I guess sophomore year is when you start fine-tuning into your clubs. Uh, I started in golf, because I, I was actually a pretty good golfer, believe it or not. And my experience from all of my dad's friends when they're in their 50s and 60s, they're like, oh, my knee hurts, my back hurts, I can't really go around my bunions. So his friends that played golf and tennis were still running, right, playing the same shit, going harder than they ever were as kids. Damn. I was like, all right, we'll take a lesson from their books. And sure enough, I took the golf classes. The coach never learned my name, no matter <laughs> that I was number one on the JV. Wow. Was trying to jump into varsity. So it's like, all right, fuck you, old man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to tennis. And tennis, he became my sponsor when I ended up running for class president my junior year. Yeah, yeah, junior year. So, uh, elected. Nice. <laughs> to government body. And I can. What was your first my, act? Uh, what was your first act as president? To uh, change the class song and start a bunch of fundraisers to have a kick ass homecoming. And it worked? Yeah, we raised over like $6,000. Damn, okay. Because, like, all the other classes in our high school barely got to the 1,000, 2,000 mark. No, I had no but ideas for this shit. So wait, your, your thought was to go to parents and be like, why aren't you giving us more money? And they're like, you're right. Here's more money. Hell yeah, man. Okay. We paid for trips for everyone. Uh, we tried to get everyone to go to Disneyland, but they wouldn't sign off on that. So all this excess money that we had saved up, we just turned it into high school prom and homecoming. And hmm. straight up, like we were the only class to get fireworks and then we contacted a Hollywood stunt company and oh, got the chemical that turns flames blue. Yeah. And I don't know if your high school's ever had that, like, the burning of the, the symbol. Uh, ours was an E for Eastwood. And I never burn anything, no. Nah, it's a little traditions or whatever. So, uh, what was it? Tiger cloth, I think, was the material. Uh, we set all that on fire with liquid sodium, cobalt, nickel. Hmm. I didn't take chemistry, but whatever that element is that changes the colors of fire we had it change into like a blue e set fire during all our homecoming rallies and then halfway through someone would give a speech then the colors would change and go into like crazy fluorescent orange and oh, yellow crap yeah, yeah we put some it? science into that so it burns on a gas tank and then once the gas tank hits like a certain level then it switches the chemical that goes feeding into the flame okay yeah man we were, we were like scientific about this shit That's pretty cool <laughs> And, yeah, my senior year when it came around, I chose to not pursue my se- uh, same role as class president, mostly because I, uh, I got asked to leave the role. Because <laughs> I tried to convince the student body to change the, the class song against everyone else's wishes. And it's like, Mario, we can't have you be in the, the committee anymore. And I was like, all right, fuck all y'all. Wow, okay. <laughs> so asked to leave. Um... But it's what it is. Uh, I had fun for the moment. It's where I got to meet all my friends. Uh, had all my fun extracurriculars in and out of school uh, I guess senioritis hit it hard because I already knew I was going to go to college and the amount of effort that I put into everything that I did just slowly seeped into getting high with my friends and going to see like, a bunch of shows when did you get accepted? Uh, November when did you apply? November <laughs> oh shit okay what was your GPA? Uh, so the Texas rule is if you're in the top 10 percentile of your class you get auto admittance 
I was like 10.03 or 4. Okay. So I, I didn't make the cut technically. Right. Uh, but for UT specifically, you have to be top 7%. And oh. my grades averaged maybe like 93 out of 100. Okay. But it was a really competitive school and I wasn't top 10%. So I used that as my arguing case, all of my extracurriculars and a bomb ass recommendation letters. And I got accepted to UT. Did you... Well, actually, what was your first, like, day like, man? Like, what was the process? Uh, a wide-eyed kid from El Paso coming uh, to the big city, you know? Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed is there the phrase. Okay. Right. Uh, it's more like, you know, big fish in the pond jump into the ocean when you realize you ain't shit. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was fun. Uh, I was social enough that I knew how to make friends and network. Just, uh, I guess you could say I networked with a lot of the wrong people because I ended up getting kicked out of my dorm for smoking weed. I almost hit academic probation for one class. I chose to just drop it instead. And a friend of mine who inspired me to hang out with these kids, he was biomedical engineering in his last year and then decided to drop out to start his own business in like a pharmaceutical door-to-door sales, <laughs> which is a shorthand for drug dealing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did they ever try and flip it on you? Were they like, hey, man, your recommendations would be very upset you know, with who you're becoming? Like, Did they ever try and guilt trip you about it or are you just like, I'm going to do me? Oh, well, I'm sure that they were all meant to come from a good place, but I'm just one of fucking thousands of kids. So, so the amount of attention they wash. got. Okay. Uh, I guess that's a way to put it, sure. But I learned enough of my own mistakes not to do it again. So I'm not like a lost cause or anything. I couldn't imagine like stadium learning, man. Because like at ACC, it's 36 people in a room, you know. And oh, okay. I <laughs> I was that kid. I had my hand up. Hey, what about this? What about that? Right? And like, then it's like, everyone, God, I'm trying to get out of well, here. Shut the I mean, <laughs> from what I remember, a lot of my professors liked me. Um, I'm sure a few didn't. But, you know, I mean... Well, they remembered your face. It's, well, it's, right? it's a lot better than... I mean, I'm, I'm sure you saw it. You know, and people are just like, oh, I don't need to be here. I'll just grab the notes and then come back. But, like, I enjoyed the They're learning. paying for this, though. Like, they're paying to exist in this room. I don't understand why you wouldn't put effort in Exactly, right? And, like, once you actually have a perspective of what you're learning and the importance of it and also the, the history of what it took to get to it, you have a different appreciation for it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely didn't have the most uh like the biggest understanding of what i was doing a lot of times right you know okay well then uh, here let me let me unpack that what yeah. was uh what was your favorite subject in schools i mean all your levels of schools Ooh. oh hold on this is my mom calling uh my phone's gonna die in the middle of it anyway so i'm just gonna answer this sure uh bueno oh buenas noches le de dios mamá como estas Sabes lo que está loco por ese la la virus de corona no sé <ríe> no sé si los aviones se va a permitir uh, moviendo en los estados uh, I don't know it's kind of crazy I was hearing some people might get domestically trapped in in one city with no flights. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, mom, say hi to my friend Justin, by the way. Hello. Hi, friend Justin. How are you? Do you speak Spanish? Not enough, but your son's teaching me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. He hasn't taught me any of the curse words yet, though, so. <laughs> what? That's the first thing everybody should learn. 
Ay, no. <risa> es pinche fregado muchacho de pora quiere que le pegue. Pinche fregado muchacho de pora, pendejo. That's the first word everybody needs to know. Pendejo. Damn, mom. I know, sorry. I'm going crazy. You think I'm going stir crazy. Actually, I'm not. I'm not. I'm doing great. Sorry, have you washed your hands lately? God, a lot, right? And that's that I'm just home. You know, I never even go out. But um, I'm kind of worried about your sister because she works at a Chili's or whatever. I'm like, oh, I? well, did they close out the all the restaurants, right? Uh, I think they're trying to limit the restaurants to I don't know how many people or something like that. I'm not really, I'm not on social media, so I don't really see it. Oh, uh, well, and then I didn't catch the news, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, the news will come around. Well, hey, my, my phone's on like 1%. Can I uh, charge it up and call you back? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that the first lesson? <laughs> there you go. That's the second one. Chingao. Chingao. <laughs> All right. Chingao. All right. Your sister's on the other line. Call me later. Bye. Quiero mucho, mama. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Hey, can you, uh, can you charge this? It's that quarter sure. right there. Yeah. Uh, should we leave that in? Uh, it's up to you, man. By it's Texas law, you're allowed to record. Uh, it's a one-party consent state. So hey, you, you know what? Just email me the forms. I'll send it her way. <laughs> uh, where were we? College. Oh, my favorite, favorite course. Oh yeah. Oh, so actually, if you didn't know, my mom's a teacher. Oh uh, nice. Yeah, she taught for half her life, like 25 years. So she went cheerleader. Mom, School, teacher? three jobs, <laughs> okay. kids, teacher. Wow. Three jobs? Yeah, that's what she tells me. Wow. What were the jobs? Uh, she worked at Godfather's Pizza, if you ever heard of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Been there so many times. No, I, I guess it's not a continued franchise. It lost the Pizza Wars. <laughs> Did it lose the copyright as well? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that office work and helping family. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd say for me, uh, I like my teachers uh, a lot more than the subjects, I guess, because, uh, you know, the subject is just a syllabus, right? But a teacher is a information source. So I was always staying after asking questions. I mean, I, I remember, and I was probably wrong, but uh, Steve... Harvey. Yep, you got it. <laughs> uh, and, dude, to this point, I, I, I can't remember his last name. We just called him Steve because he was that Irwin. cool. But he was my biology Martin. teacher. And uh, I remember raising my hand and saying, Spielberg. Hey, uh, I heard that since they're putting chlorine inside the city water to clean it, whenever you take a shower and the water becomes steam, that you're essentially like slowly chlorinating yourself and poisoning yourself. Cool. And he was just like, ah, this, this is how people spread misinformation. No. You're not going to fucking die from a shower. And I was like, I didn't expect that to be the answer. But at the same time, I get it. And, you know, I mean, just like stuff like that. But that was one of the more dumb things I asked. But, you know, I mean, you know. No, there's, they always, no, there's no dumb questions. But that, exactly. Dumb and that's that's what I like. Exactly. <laughs> dumb kids. No, that's what I like about ACC. Is straight up, you can ask whatever the hell you want. And, you know, obviously I learned good stuff. And, and uh, you know, everything was, was fine and dandy at yeah, the sure. end. But, uh, no, I mean... I, I think I value the the connections you make with the teachers and, and all that stuff more than, I guess, the, the knowledge that you learn, because it's mostly repetitive, and it's mostly parroting back information, right? 
So, I mean, that's just kind of how No Child Left Behind kind of... Counterpoint. Yes. (laughs) Every subject's a little different. For sure. I'm sure, like, the methodology in learning... Yeah. Right, that's my point. It's like, once you apply the methodology to learning... But even still, there's different kinds of learning. There's tactile learning, visual learning, audible learning, musical learning, kinetic learning, social learning. Yeah. What are you most interested in learning? About myself. <laughs> so... No, uh, the, the subject changes all the time, man. Uh, I guess music is probably, like, the most current Music one. theory? Music creation? Music appreciation? Oh, look at you. Oh, what? Which one? All of them. What? Pack them all into one. So... But working at the pawn shop, I've accumulated my own little studio equipment. Ooh. Spartan me. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, being able to express myself through these tools. Hmm. What's your favorite instrument to play? See, the easy answer would be guitar, because I know it the best. Really? But I feel like more, you know, essence comes out of the piano. Yeah. But you fuck with a recorder, bro? Back in the day, yeah, fifth grade. Hell yeah, man. That was all me, man. You gonna hear hot cross buns? Not at all. You're gonna peek it. Oh, maybe not. You know, there's a whole subgenre on YouTube for that instrument. I agree. Yep, <laughs> I've seen it mostly in memes. <laughs> okay, um, so we're in what March of this year? We're almost what no, year we're done. 2020. So we're almost done with quarter one of this year. You mean uh, quarantine one? Quarantine one, indeed. Uh, what is your plan for fitness this year? What is your plan for fitness in the next decade? And like you said. With your dad's friends being super active. All right, man, let's talk about this your... one question at a time, all right? Fine. What are you doing this year? Uh, I signed up for another marathon. It's going to be my second in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I guess you could say I, I started the first steps of training for it. I ran every day of this month, with the exception of the last four days, because, man, that corona, you know, doesn't let the gym stay open. And, uh, trail running is all at cedar. Is there a goal when you run? Do you go to a destination? Do you go to a feeling whenever you're done? Do you go? To uh, it's more to alleviate distance? the boredom. <laughs> okay. Uh, for one, I used to listen to a lot of books on tape, and it's how I got a lot of my reading done. I guess if you consider that reading or just you know listening. Uh, any other times that you have to you know like process like a like a heavy day or something hits you a certain way. A lot of times when you go running, you get to incubate on that thought and see what kind of feelings and emotions it brings out on you. Sometimes you get so lost in thought, you look back and you realize, oh shit, I did 10 miles. Feels like it's only been half an hour. And then other times when you're running, you really feel like shit. Because <laughs> you feel it in your pace. Because uh, the same way I was explaining with the bicycle, how you kind of feel the terrain, mm-hmm. you, you feel your body when you're running. Mm. As in, I, I feel different levels of fatigue. First off, it uh, would be, it used to be like a sharp pain on your side, you know? Like, I'm sure if anyone who's ever run... Yeah, and they, stitch. Yeah. Yeah, you can call it a stitch, or it looks like one of your ribs is like punctuating the, your uh, inner cavity. My f- top right shoulder, that's where I get it, like this throbbing feeling, and I'm just like... Ugh. Yeah, and it's so unbalanced, too. Yeah. I, 
it's like usually just a really sharp jolt of like uncomfortable pain mm-hmm. that to me is like level one of of fatigue and then level two is when you start to feel your lungs get like heavier if that makes sense mm-hmm. like like what you're carrying inside your body starts feeling heavier than it was like 10 minutes ago and then probably like level three would be either like a tingliness in in your arms or your fingers or you start to feel the lactic acid build up on your like thighs and your your feet like like everything just feels like it's so much more effort to maintain your same pace but then uh, hold on hold on i'm not done here all right the next level up that's where like hydration comes into point like if you don't have enough food in your system or you're not drinking enough water you're gonna feel dizzy like like you'll feel your head start to sway or for sure, you, by now, if you haven't started walking, you're going to want to start walking. And you have to listen to your body, all right? Because it's your biggest communicator. Only one other time have I gone past that, and that's during the marathon where I, I had my first ever cramp. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a, like a little crab or a lobster is just gripping at your ankles and like clinching tight, not letting you go. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's very uncomfortable. But believe it or not, every time you pass beyond one of those levels get that little fucking hit of endorphins all right the little oxytocin flooding through your brain and your blood and it makes you want to keep going or you know if you watch enough anime it's like you see all the flashbacks of people encouraging you like good job kid can't believe you spelled that word right on your first try in fourth grade all the little uh, uplifting things just hit that much harder it sounds like it's a conflicting feeling of the success of bettering yourself but also the punishment of having to go through an endurance-based event. Well, yeah, you're doing it all yourself. Yeah. Like, no one's forcing you to do it. Do you think if someone chased you, you'd go faster? I think I'd go faster if I was chasing someone. Okay. <laughs> Elaborate. Well, for one, like, the fear sets in if you're being chased. Cause, like, I've had those nightmares where something chases me in my dreams, and, like, I feel slow when you're running and getting away, and they're just creeping up, and that's uh like jason yeah, logic where you're <laughs> running and you're like well I, I saw you walking how'd you get here yeah it, that's the there's that adrenaline that like fight or flight response right oh and people forget freeze oh yeah some people freeze mm-hmm. or faint yeah the four f's I fatality can <laughs> <laughs> <fucking> explode <laughs> combustion yeah fire is the fifth one uh yeah the fire in your heart man that's what keeps it, the hearth going would you say you're an expert on running? If you can be, in a sense. Like, you've experienced it enough, right? You've done it... I, I wouldn't say expert, but I'm pretty adept. Okay. Like, I'm, How do you get... How would you become an expert at running, then? Like, what's uh, the, what do you the do? literature? Really? Yeah. Or, you know, you talk to enough runners that you get enough of a broad perspective. So preparing yourself for the action of the form... And the stability of, I guess, throughout, and then, I guess... Yeah, well, you're getting, a, like, a grip of the form and finesse. Right. That comes up on your own. Okay. The The next level up is when you run in, like, a community, or you get enough influences of people who are doing the exact same thing, but you're getting their perspective of the same things you're feeling. Boot camp felt like that. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Was it, uh, was it, like, hell week every week, or what? No, your first week is P-Days, um, so you're just like in, we call them Smurfs, it was just like a blue sweat suit, you know, it's, and uh, it said Navy on it, and then you get your actual gear, and then you're like, alright, fuckers, now it's time. 
And uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I mostly remember Sundays because that's whenever you got mail. Uh, I also remember this guy named Ring. Kept getting so many letters. They would call out his name. Ring. 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 I'm like, someone answer that fucking phone. phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, people would mess things up. Like, you're supposed to do transit to a location a certain way, you know, and walk on the right side, etc. And, and whenever people would get written up, it sucked. So we'd all have to, like, work out seriously hard. But uh, that's what they want. They want camaraderie, and they want you to hate them. That way you can then hate for a common enemy exactly yeah so you can hate an enemy honestly um yeah that's how boot camp felt (laughs) at least in 2008 all right sure i don't think i can do it like i'm boot camp isn't hard and yeah the physical part isn't honestly four years your life isn't the mental aspect of it you know the mental aspect because i i love my freedom man then don't go on a cruise don't go on a deployment because the mental aspect of literally sleeping in a coffin rag and having people order you and boss you around every morning? <laughs> That's not so bad, honestly. Um, it's actually nice to have direction whenever you're out there, you know. Uh, and everybody's constantly watching each other's backs. I mean, plenty of people almost got seriously injured. And because there were so many people looking out for each other, you know, we never had any serious injuries. Man overboard! Man overboard! I don't know if we actually had anybody ever go overboard, but they call man overboard all the time, and like the worst time is whenever you're like, ah, 13 hours, time for a shower. You just get in the shower, you just get lathered up, and you hear it, and you're like, fuck! Why? So you have to like, rinse off, get dressed, and then run from one side of the ship all the way to the other, while dodging other people. And you better not be the last one there, because if they're waiting on your squadron, oh, stand the fuck by. Huh. Yeah. Um, shout out to T. Brown, uh, if he's listening, because he was late one time. He was sleeping in his rack, and you have this little uh, switch slash fluorescent light above you, so you can kind of read. You know, it's like a little mirror angled oh, down. Like, like when you're in the airplane. Yeah, in a sense. And so he sat up super quick and knocked himself back out. <laughs> Oh, no. So they're like, where the fuck's Brown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he came in with a... Just fucking bloody is. Yeah, a big-ass bump on his head. Man, I've done it, too. I, I, I did knock myself out, but yeah, man. Um, you get that fear, and you're like, oh, shit, let's get down there, you know? Because, to be honest, I mean, if, if they think that you are missing, then they think you're in the water, you know what I mean? And that's a serious thing, because you have to turn the whole fucking thing around... I gotta send people out to look for you. It's like, it's a big deal, especially during flight ops. I would imagine you send, like, a little rescue ship, you know? That we don't have to divert all of the resources of one big ship for one person. Right. I mean, they gotta get close to you still, though, you know? Like, it's not like, all right, little tiny raft in the middle of the ocean, good luck! <laughs> Go get him! You know? Um, I mean, sure, they'll, like, take them off the back and, you know, they'll do their thing, but, uh. I mean, you guys have helicopters, come on. It'd be way easier to send a, a small little dinghy than like a dinghy. Uh, <laughs> than, uh, the jump crew or whatever. My apologies, the terms leave your head after a while. But yeah, um, currently, man, my friends are still a lot of them are still in the military, and they said it's just changed, man. Um, the old heads are just still as angry, but the the young kids just don't understand. Uh, would you say it's uh, the leadership that drove this change, or some policy? <laughs> technology i always blame lawyers 
the lawyers are the ones who write the stuff that we can't understand. I'm sure you can sympathize with this in the business that we work currently. Uh, it's always the lawyers, man. Can we talk about that? Or? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say any names, but sure. Oh, all right, cool. Well, I mean, to the to the legislative uh, aspect of it, yeah, the the word's kind of designed to confuse people, and that level of confusion gives you power. Yeah. No, honestly, have you ever tried reading one of the tickets? I mean, it's <laughs> jargon through and through, man. You're just like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess, especially if you English isn't your first language, that's probably the most... Uh, that's, that's true. That's so unfair. If native speakers have no chance, like... You know, I was reading... So there's pawn shops in California that handle all of their paperwork digitally. So for one, they're saving the trees. And for two, all of their employees speak more than two languages. Specifically because they have so many people from all around the world in California. Right. And whenever, you know, hustling circumstance and situation, you need to go get some money. So you hawk off all your jewelry... But you understand that these are the conditions that you need when you come back for it. Having people explain that to you in your native language was way more comfortable than just unsigning a piece of paper and then having numbers thrown at you. Yeah. That's true. Not hmm. to mention they start at $20 an hour. <laughs> yeah, but what's rent like out there? Oh, yeah. It's the air quality out there. It's like $9 a taco and shit. $8 for a gallon of milk. Mm-hmm. $3 for a slice of bacon. Hey, while we're bullshitting, I went over to the Apple Mart, and it was four ninety nine for a gallon of milk, and I was like, you bastards. Is there sales tax on food? Uh, no, not on milk, and not on most food. Mm. Uh, that was always explained to me for the for the homeless, because it'd be a real dick move. You'd be like, all right, I have 89 cents. Here you go. And they're like, oh, oh, hold on now. <laughs> Texas needs a slice face. before you <laughs> go find that extra eight twenty five, or you're going to die. Cold-blooded, man. You know what I was, I think I actually got this from the Joe Rogan podcast, that the reason all the homeless have started conglomerating, well, in Los Angeles, California, but now coming up here in Austin, is you can't relocate them from, you know, like the medians or underneath the, the freeways, ramps, or, you know, like in parks mm-hmm. without offering them alternative substantial housing. And unless you have a place to relocate them, you're not allowed to just kick them out of their camps. Right, because they used to put them in jail overnight, and then they'd be like, I guess I'm going back to where you found me, you know, and it was just a constant loop, and you're just wasting tax resources and all that, so it's, it is easier to leave them alone, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know a lot of them, as do I, and I try and do what I can, you know? I mean... Yeah, shouts out my boy Puzzle. I don't hey. know if you ever get a chance to hear this, but you squeegee those windshields real good, man. Seriously. I just gave him a banana and 85 cents today, man. Pretzels. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit goes a long way, I'm sure. Yeah. Someone was telling me about the the tiny home installation somewhere out in uh, East Austin, where they just set aside a plot of land and build tiny homes for, I think, like $200 a month. Anyone can go out and live there. And they don't give a fuck about your record or if you have any issues. Just agree that it's communal. And even if you can't afford the rent, they work out whatever substantial financial plan that you can work on the land and help feed everyone or do some chores huh i wonder what that pitch was like like someone should just get land and just build a, a bunch of houses for all the homeless they can all live together and coexist hmm. 
I'll take you on that offer. <laughs> You're heading the project. <laughs> well, take hold all on. my money, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Empty your bank account. Jeez. Mm. I don't know. I, I feel like if you were to go homeless... uh, Actually, I have a friend who wants to. He said he wants to do it just to... He's going to freeze all his assets, send everything over to his dad, and then write a book on how he got out of homelessness. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's just like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get cans, and I'm going to get those cans, and then I'm going to get a lawnmower, and then I'm going to start a lawnmower business. And I never believed that, that would work until we were in Fallon, Nevada, and I saw a homeless guy literally who just got a bunch of cans and bought a, a lawnmower. I was like, holy fuck, someone's putting this in practice. And I, 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 w- you know, I wish that oh, dude yeah, luck. That's a scheme? I, yeah, well, I don't know if it's a scheme, but I mean, he seemed uh, lion-hearted, if you will. He seemed, you know. Yeah, like poor being more of a mentality than, uh, right. than broke is a status. <laughs> but like, I'll remind you, this was Fallon, Nevada, which if you Never think if you think El Paso is dry, like, <laughs> I wanted to know where these these the these lawns he was mowing were, were at because I didn't see any. I mean, granted, I was on a military base, but yeah, well, I'm sure that most of his work is you know tax free, so he doesn't have to report any of his earnings. <laughs> That's true. How do you feel about that? People who don't report earnings do you feel like it's a it's a gray area do you feel like they still end up paying sales tax so it works out well everyone's got to pull their weight that's for sure but i think the problem with draining resources is everyone who's like free riding but accountability is the hardest part well that that's why uh, departments exist that's why the irs is an entire body dedicated to just tracking people down to make sure they're not up to no good (laughs) that said (laughs) you ain't gonna get me (laughs) just playing no i i do my own bookkeeping so i'm sure if anyone's going to be accountable it has to be themselves true i just use TurboTax, man let them figure it out inuit TurboTax. what's your credit score man uh that's personal pretty good thank you uh higher than seven yes 750 (laughs) warmer or colder not important (laughs) so Back to you. Uh, if you were to tell our audience anything, like like the thing. Wash your hands. Yes, but no, seriously. What do you want them to know? Lavan sus manos. I don't know, man. Shoot. You know, know whatever you want. Right? Just don't trust everything you read on the internet. Well, okay, so you survey... <laughs> Why, are you trying to wrap this up or what? No, I'm just saying you, <laughs> you survey a lot of different people throughout... Well, yeah, it's all done on a case-by-case. Right. You can't just blanket statement everyone. For sure. But if you were to blanket statement everything to Immediately humanity, disregard what I say. <laughs> absolutely. Because I want you to distill it down. Like, honest, okay, for me... Golden rule, baby. What? Every day wasted is gone forever. That's what I believe, man. You know, and I mean, sure. Yeah. Sleep all day if you want. Just, just know. I mean, to that point, I feel like time is a currency. You know? Spend it how you will. For sure. I mean, tomorrow's not guaranteed and every other bumper sticker, right? But I don't know. Um, though for me, like, the act of bettering yourself, you got to be in the mood, man. I mean, there are times where you just don't want to do shit, or at least for me, right? Where you're just like, nah, let's put on a TV show and binge nine episodes straight, right? Well, I mean, if you didn't light your own fire under your ass, so someone out there is going to light a fire under your ass. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, like, uh, Carolyn Tuesday, right? An, an inspirational show, you know. I mean, it was very. Tuesday, huh? 
Yes, it is. Shout hey, out. happy St. Patrick's Day, man. Happy St. Patty's Day, man. We should get Patty notes after this. No, but so for me, um, I don't know, man. Single child, raised in a cul-de-sac, you know. Shout Watch out, a lot of Ed and Eddie. Ed, Ed and Eddie, right. TV raised me, man. Mom was working all the time, right. And I don't know, I got those lessons of, in the sense that you got everything from anime, I got everything from like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and Disney Channel original movies and all that good stuff, right? So I'm not saying uh, California and such uh, molded uh, this young man, but I don't know. Um, I like a lot of, like, Better Call Saul. Great show, right? It shows. It's not on Cartoon Network, though. For sure. But what I'm saying is, as I became an adult, you know, I. I uh, switched out Disney for FX. Sure, yeah, but I tailored the the things that I like to fit what I was going through at the at the time. You ever heard that perception that you are the last TV character you watched? Really, go on. No, yeah, yeah. You, the characteristics and uh, personality traits that you see on TV is something that you subconsciously start to embody. Mm. Someone that uh, at the country club told me that, and I, I never forgot that. I can see that. Your influences. What is it like? You are a makeup of your closest three friends or some yeah, stuff? Yeah. yeah. You're tied to circle to find who you are? I mean, that makes sense. Um, especially like phrases. Uh, I've I've picked up a few of your characteristics and traits. Let me find out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me forget. But, so I understand that. But uh, my point is, for, that's why I want to create, is because I realize that there's probably someone who is just like me that can use that and granted you know everybody had i mean in the, the modern era of gimme content you know you're you're churning through pretty quick okay okay then um as as far as the content that made you what's what's your mount rushmore all right what what uh what four or five alive or dead programs you know defined who is the laney justin i mean i can name shows i like and I can name characters I like. No, but something that consistently you, you like go back to rewatch just because you uh you Psych? have that place in your home. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, yeah, USA. Yeah. Well, and it always pissed me off that his real name is James Rodriguez, right? But he goes by James Roday, and he is never watching himself or what? Yeah, both of his parents are white in the show. Um, ironically, his well, ironically, but happenstantially, his father in the show is actually the uh, owner of the world's most snow globes. Like, he has the Guinness World Record, like that actor. Oh. Yeah, but... Like so, IRL? Yeah, IRL. But... I'm right, sh- Psych. You've Good seen, one. You've seen show, the show Psych, and he talks in Spanish accent sometimes, like, and he, and he botches it, right? And I'm like, man... Like, why can't you... Like, in the new movie... I even, like, tweet, tweeted him. I was like, dude, in the new movie, maybe he does, like, a... Movie? Yeah, they're making another one with Lassiter. Um, he had a stroke, and now he came back. I think he's doing all right, so shout out Lassie. Even better than Corona. I know, but... <laughs> Jesus. But I was just like, you know, maybe he does, like, a, an ancestry thing and finds out, like, he's one-sixth... Did you watch his, uh, his musical show? Mm-hmm. Lassiter? He was, uh, he was the lead role in, like, like, a little TV show that just was all musicals. He always looked like the guy who passed away from that kid show where he has the giant chin and like the striped suit. No, no, you, you got to confuse with Luck of the Irish. All right, he was the the leprechaun. Was he? I'm pretty sure. Dude, that's right. Uh, my father's from Lake Erie. Oh, it's Ireland. And he's like, no, it's Lake we Erie. Had bitch. Lane in the game of basketball. <laughs> so psych. Uh, I mean, I liked Mad Men. I wanted to go into advertising because of it, but. but you know, I don't know about all Dr. The women. <laughs> what? All the women. Oh no, I hated Peggy. She was the worst character of all time. Um, I Hashtag mean, canceled. 
I liked Sam Esmail's uh, Mr. Robot. I mean, that was great. So I see you're from channels 38, 39, and 40. <laughs> Pretty much. Hey, 41, 42, and 43 was Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, and uh, Cartoon Network. So at least here. I don't know, man. I mean, to sit down and inwardly figure out why I like what I like, kind of an impossible task. To list the things I like, a little bit easier. Um, and here you are asking me <laughs> hey. to list my life in an hour. This is true. That's why, you know, conversational. It's the best way to get deep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if you learn from what you're watching, I think it's, it's worth getting into, you know, if that <laughs> makes any kind of somewhat some sense. What about you? What's your favorite show, man? What do you go back to? Obviously One Piece, but, like, we're well, talking live action. Thanks for taking the words out of my mouth. Yup. Hey, calm down, Luffy. <laughs> Just like you take my sales, man. Come on. Well, why do you like One Piece? Do you identify with Luffy? Do you identify with uh, the pursuit of knowledge? And oh, Okay, so so the direct... Actually, I can talk about this now. Uh, spoilers, if you watch One Piece. So we, it just hit chapter 950, 60-something. Uh, and mind you, this is like weekly chapters, and they take breaks here and there. But the show has been ever running since I've been born. Um, Damn. I think they just hit their 21st anniversary. And I'm, I'm 23 years old, so the show has been concurrent, but the manga has been a little earlier. And the the creator, the mangaka, Ichiro Oda, he's known for weaving the story through small arcs and big arcs. Like, I guess in TV, it would be serial and episodic stories. For sure. How, like, you know, Monster of the Week versus, like, the long-arcing mystery narrative. And he just fine-tunes such a good balance of it that you're never bored when you're watching the show. I mean, the anime, yeah, pacing's awful. I recommend the manga. <laughs> but they just hit this chapter where, for the last two years, two and a half years, easily, maybe even three years, they've hinted at a traitor in the group, and only just this week they revealed who the traitor was. But there have been signs of this person being, like, the... The, uh, the like scapegoat for some scenes or you can trace fully divulge. Go ahead. All right, check it out. Check it out. So to condense where the story is right now, uh, Luffy has created the pirate crew, the Straw Hats, which is his merry band of pirates, and they travel island to island, continent to continent, country to country, just liberating them from whatever tyranny or like iron force grip dictatorship is there but they do it in the grand scheme of freedom like freedom is i think the theme of the show but everyone else's interpretation of what freedom is changes that's where the philosophical aspect of it is like some people define freedom as the one who can do anything that they want Mm -hmm. or the one who can control whatever they want or the one who fights whoever is oppressing them or the one who, you know, has all the liberty to say whatever they want, do whatever they do. And the most recent island that they're on is the modern-day Japan, where everything is about samurais and ninjas and feudal lords. But they've been building to this land for the last, like, six or seven years, with every preceding island giving a little more of a hint of what the next island is going to be. Is it the same writer? Oh, yeah. He has the world record for the longest ongoing narrative by a single author. Wow. And I think after two million more sales, he officially outsells Batman as the most comic books in history. Wait, manga's considered a comic book? Yeah, it's considered a comic book in Guinness World Record. 
So I think he already beat Spider-Man. Um, and he's coming up to beat Batman. Berserk is the biggest, right, of all time? No. No? One Piece. Really? Holds the world record. When did it pass Berserk? Because I remember, like, a few years ago. Oh, uh, well, Berserk's, like, on hiatus right now. Really? On hiatus. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> well, Berserk is on, I think, like, 25 volumes. One Piece is on 96. <laughs> So I wonder if he feels like... Anyway, hold on. Let, okay. let me just wrap this up in the yeah. next like minute or two. So where they're at, uh, they've been... The enemy has been hinting that they have a traitor amongst their midst and they shouldn't trust each other. And sure enough, in this arc, a lot of their plans went awry because it looks like the enemy was informed as to what they were doing. And just when the exposition of where the island got to be so shitty, then the heroes start their plan of attack and it gets foiled. And then the traitor reveals himself and starts taking away the the hero, the like the champion of the group, and kidnaps his son and starts to get away. And the merry band of pirates, they're like, oh, we knew it was you all along. We had no idea it was you. But all the, the One Piece community kind of just took guesses. And ev- really, everyone was right. Everyone has as good a guess as anyone who the traitor was. But when it finally got revealed... People went back hundreds, two hundreds of chapters ago, and then saw all the signs that Oda had been leaving for why he was the traitor. Uh, all right, now, now, spoiler. So the traitor was this artist, this samurai ninja artist, and ever since they met him, he was drawing the shittiest paintings ever and making them come to life with his ninja devil fruit abilities. But as people were noticing, they're seeing that he draws everything with his left hand but he fights with a sword in his right hand, showing he clearly was more dominant with the right hand. <laughs> Just in the last chapter, when he started revealing that his artistic skills have been faked the entire time, people are realizing, oh, it was in the words that he said. It was in these panels that he drew like two years ago where he actually dropped hints who the traitor was. But that's just one case. He's been doing this for 20 years and doing even more clever mistakes and uh, illusions and red herrings just to drive all the fan bases off. Damn. I guess uh, above all, the reason why it's still good is because he planned it ever since the beginning. He's not one of like the the George R. R. Martins who kind of just He's grows with his characters. <laughs> <laughs> He's no no farmer for this. Jeez. He had this all planned in his head, allegedly. And he originally planned what was going to be a, a manga ending in five years, just stretched to twenty plus because he loved his characters so much he wanted to flesh them out. But he stayed on the course in his outline, and every beat that he hit, he had planned ever since the beginning. Do you know how old he is now? Uh, he just hit, I think, like sixty years old, or fifty years. No, yeah, four, fifty years old, I think. So you think he's been planning this since he was a kid, probably? So he was seventeen. In 1999. Damn. Yeah, right? That's like pre-internet, man. That's crazy. In Japan. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I I can go on and on, and I'm sure this isn't even like your niche listener base. But uh, any part twos, you know, feel free to hit it up in the comments. (laughs) True. (laughs) Hmm. So, do you have any stories like that? Do you have any characters that you've fleshed out? I mean, I'm sure you've been molded by this, right? Like, Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, it will see, if I, I give you the cliff notes of each little arc, I can give you a, a small little analogy over a different aspect of my life. For instance, 
the the first major arc of One Piece is just him assembling his crew. He meets the pirate hunter Zoro because he saved him from getting executed. I uh, met my friend Roger in elementary school, and I to, truth be told, I used to bully this kid. But after he he stepped up, uh, there's one day we were throwing rocks at some cars that were passing by, and I kind of shattered someone's windshield. And that driver got so pissed, he jumped over the rigid railing and then chased all his kids in elementary school. And Roger was kind of the fattest one. He kind of fell around and got caught and took the blame. He ain't snitch on any of us. And to me, that was the most respect I ever gave. So he became uh, as close to like a companion, right-hand man that I had. And then next crew member would be uh, Nami, who very greedy, all about the money, but the deceit and the trickery is all home to a good place where she wants to take care of her friends and her family. Kind of like a Robin Hood. Which, to me, that's us at the pawn shop, you know? Like, we try our best to help the people who need money to feed their families, to get to the next day, to pay off their medical bills, to, you know, like, continue their lifestyle and their way of living. But to do that, you kind of got to finesse some sales into people. You kind of got to lead someone into a path where they wouldn't normally spend money yeah. but that same money you're using to help someone else which if people understood that I'm sure they'd be more willing but that's that's our that's our power you know and then Usopp is the the sniper of the crew but he's always the liar the the jokester the prankster but all in like a humorous I guess like comedic fashion so that that joyous level of I'm at a loss for words of how to keep it like really positive because lying is not something that I would condone but when doing it to help keep people comfortable and make them you know less apathetic to the world that's around them the character dynamic reminds me a lot of Lupin the third honestly like Fujiko Lupin uh, yeah I think yeah. Lupin was around 20-30 years before One Piece ever yeah. was yeah so it's crazy that it, all art kind of inspires and mimics or pays homage to the next piece of art, you know? Yeah. Uh, also another, that was one of the, my favorite animes, man. Just Lupin, just, I don't know, just how he got out of the shit that he got into and it was never like malicious, you know? Yeah. You I like those kind of characters. I like that he evolves with every like iteration of the show. Because the newest Lupin, he does it in like the social media age. I don't think I've seen the new one. Yeah, Lupin Third, Part Five. Uh, the whole world is against Lupin, the the master thief. Like they brand him a terrorist, and he becomes like a social media superstar because they couldn't catch him, no matter where in the world he is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, check it out. I like that. Uh, Detective Conan, you ever see that one? Yeah, I, I remember really that like on uh, Toonami in the mornings. Yeah, um, I stuck around because Bulma voices his like female companion so i was like hey you know familiar voice and then it was pretty cool i mean i like mysteries and like i remember the first one i saw was like the dinner party where like it's like a ghost and like people end up dead and i was like yo okay this is different you know saying like this is a scooby-doo <laughs> yeah i know it was like scooby-doo but with like adult you know uh tension that was pretty cool so oh, i guess yeah. that's kind of why i like those kind of characters Dude, that fucks with some scooby-doo yeah i remember uh what was it the the ghoul school yeah where they had the was it, the rat race where just all these other random characters just jump in. I don't even remember what the race was for, but uh, 
I like supposed that to be an homage to Wacky Races, right? Another Hanna Barbera cartoon, maybe with you know Snidely and the dog. <laughs> You remember that? Uh, I remember that dog. Yeah. Now you made that sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snidely was the best, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, if you ever get a chance to check it out, there's a comic called Scab, Scab, Scoob and Shag. Oh, yeah, you showed me. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. the webcomic. Yeah, it's a webcomic that started just as a meme and a joke of like Scooby and Shaggy getting high and just talking about life problems. And then it slowly starts incorporating more characters from like Warner Bros and Disney and uh, Sesame Street Muppets. And then the whole world just turns into like a diagenic universe of like this claim for power in, oh, the, in the Hunger Scheme. Yeah, it turns into like a, what is it, the Hunger Games type, just battle for conquest over the, the earth. What's this? Yeah, yeah, just, you know. Reminders to myself, man. Nothing helps you solidify your thoughts like putting it down on paper. You want to read it aloud? In nombre de Padre, Espíritu Santo, Amen. In English? Uh, well, here, how about I read you this one? Right. I uh, actually woke up in the middle of the night and I started writing down my dreams. And I don't mean dreams isn't, you know, like your ambitions. I mean, like, literally those fucking uh, images that you feel through when you're sleeping. I, uh,. I was in like a treehouse at night, right? Oh, give me a slice of this. I actually want to add audio. So I was, I was stuck in the rain and I found myself in a, a wooden treehouse. And the floorboards were all made of wood, but the wood with those like stained colors and all the colors start swelling and moving. And I can feel like the place was flooding, like water underneath the floorboards was making it feel mushy. Kind of like a waterbed. And inside, I saw so many other rooms, but I decided to just jump out of the front and opened the door, leapt out, and landed on the grass. And I looked around me, and right where the front house should be, it was just a plot of cement. And looking past the cement, I saw a street, and on the street was a car. And in the car was, was my dad. So I got up from where I was lying down. And I started to run to chase after my dad and be like, hey, get me out of here, you know? Like, where the fuck am I? And right as I start running over to the little cement plot of where the house was, the car start, engine starts, and then he starts to drive away. And right as I'm chasing up after him, I, I do that imaginary, like, lasso dance move where you, like, pull someone in, and the, the imaginary rope just kind of latched onto the car as it was driving away and started to pull me, and I couldn't hold on, so I let, let, had to let go. And as I was tumbling on the street and the car was driving away, all of the neighborhood was kind of looking at me. People with their dogs or people out there jogging. They just gave me these crazy stares. And I looked and I saw this old man on his lawn chair with a, what do you call it? It was like the bulldogs. It was like the fucking bodybuilders. And I look up to the old man. I'm like, hey, old man, let me borrow your phone. He's like, oh, okay, Sonny. He tosses me the phone and I look at his dog that's just kind of running around in circles and I boop, 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 type in my own phone number and I start hearing the ringing like the and I answer and it's my own voice and what's up? I'm like, hey, this is your subconscious speaking. Wake me the fuck up. I know I'm in a dream. And then my subconscious is like, what? Wake me the fuck up. It's like, what are you talking about? And so I grab the old man and I put him in a chokehold and then I start like, angling like I'm gonna hurt this dude you know and the phone message is like what are you doing I'm like 
listen to me, all right? Wake me up from this fucking dream. I can't take this anymore, all right? Wake me up. And then as I wake up, boom, I get out of bed and I'm all covered in sweat. I'm like, oh, damn, that was hardcore. <laughs> I just talked to my own self in the dream, man. What do you think it means? You need to stop eating fucking chocolate before I go to bed, man. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. Caffeine, right? Uh... No, this was uh, those chocolate cakes with the, the cream filling, like the little Debbie's. Well, ca- I think chocolate has a little bit of caffeine in it. But, oh, okay, so it's sweets before bed. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's see what... Did you ever uh, smoke a lot of weed and then stop smoking weed? Never. Don't know what you're talking about. No, man, I think it's uh, when you start losing sleep and you catch up on it. I've been body... sleep deprived, sure. Oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That level of your body start talking to you through your dreams. I'm sure there's meaning behind it, but... There, there's people who've developed way more time into that than I ever have. <laughs> Dang. Uh, there's like a point where I could catch myself going into paralysis right before sleep. Uh, and then I, oh. I could almost lucid and then like I would lose it. But yeah, and it was strange. Like you felt yourself kind of stiffening up and you felt, I don't know, it felt like your eyes started to flutter. And then gone. You know, And then there's the next morning. And I was like, fuck. And I tried for night after night after night to try and like, not to lucid dream, but to control it. Because my dad claims that he can control his own heart rate. Like he was, he was in the, he was in the hospital. They had him hooked up, and he slowed his own heart rate. And then they came in, like, oh shit, what's wrong? And he's like, huh? Oh no, I'm fine. And they're like, okay. And then he did it again. And the nurse came in. She's like, are you okay? And like he's like, yeah, yeah. And he did it again. And the doctor's like, are you fucking doing that? And he's like, no. He's like, yeah, you are. Stop it. So damn. Yeah, I was like, I wonder if I can do anything similar like that. You know. Well, I mean, I've heard stories of people who meditate deeply and through, like, shallow enough breaths, they're able to lower their heart rate below, like, 40, 50 BPMs. I don't know what the the threshold for, like, the alarm was, but it was, like, low enough for the doctors to come in and be like, what the fuck's going on? So, yeah. No, it's real out there. Yeah. So, I've never been able to do anything else, like, you know, but... Uh, Astral project or anything? Nah, I don't think I'd want to. Um... I don't know, man, I, you know, with whatever it is, ADHD, whatever you want to call it, uh, there's too much creativity going on in here, so that's why I don't ever want to try nothing hard, man, just because, like, Pandora's box, right? But at the same time, I guess, like... Just meditation, man. Just sit there. I couldn't do it. I, I downloaded, like, the apps where they're like... Ah, fuck the apps. Just take off all the sounds. Go sit there in a I can't. nice place. Man. So, listen, straight up, this is me telling you, I can't, in certain mindsets... And this is why it was hard for me in school. I can't sit there and read something if I hear any other distracting sounds, right? I can't well, sleep. That's the little voice in your I can't that. sleep if there's like a light on in the other room coming in, right? And like eventually, you know, I can be like, okay, shut the fuck up and like go to sleep or, you know, like focus on this, right? But for learning purposes, it's way harder. Like I'll have to read the same shit over and over and over again. And like that's why I had to buy um, noise canceling headphones. And what I'll do is, as I'll actually put on the sounds of rain. So I just hear that repetitive... Oh, like some white noise and shit? Yeah, right. and that's the only thing. And I think it's something like a, a frequency that my brain likes to have, like, a baseline and, and like, a familiarity for, for new information. Like, learning, if I can sit there and talk to a teacher all day, every day, answer all my questions, right, I can learn. But if I'm looking at an actual piece of paper and it's just text, man, it's a bitch. No man, you gotta. It's just something you gotta train, man. It's like an acquired talent. Yeah, and I'm th- almost thirty now, and it's still a thing. Plenty so, of time. 
Okay. Well, maybe when I'm 90, I was... <laughs> no, but, uh, I was watching the show on Netflix that in the, the curvature of, like, prosperity in your life, the people who are really, really young and the people who are really, really old have the most fun. Because they give, like, less fucks about, yeah. what, you know, the overall society and demands and stresses. So people get way more done in their 20s and their 60s than their 30s, 40s, or 50s. Uh, if you ever get a chance to check it out, it was uh, 100 Humans on uh, Netflix. I saw the, the bumper for it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I got three or four episodes in. I thought it was a hoot. Just because... Like the overall task, or the little challenges that they do, it's really surprising that the old people have better memory than most people, or, I guess like teamwork and ability. Mm-hmm. The young kids do well, but not as well as like the sixty-year-olds. Uh, it's a lot of like little challenges. You be sure to go check it out, man. Well, in that uh, realm of conversation, you can't talk to your past self, but. Right now, in this moment, what would you want to say to your future self? Because you have the ability to go back and listen to this. Swiggity swooty. Grab it by the booty. So what? <laughs> okay. Uh, bueno. Uh, yeah, Mario. Uh, let me leave a message for Mario. Uh, just calling to let you know. I uh, hope you're doing good. I hope you finally can breathe out both your nostrils. Did you shave today? When's the last time you drank some water? See, I'm leaving spaces for him to answer me. Alright, cool. Okie dokie. Call your mama. Love you. My intention is the next time you're on... You answer yourself. Yeah, but I'm going to pick a different voice, obviously. Well, obviously. You'd be a different Neo once you become a vampire. You ever play that game Plague, Inc.? It's where you devise, like, a, a virus and then just... Yeah, the, the contagion world. game yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw that, where someone designed a vampire virus and then it conquered the world with just one vampire. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. You just, you know, become, like, a ever powerful and then strategically take out anyone who would oppose you and then spread all the vampires around the world if you hide in the produce section near the garlic are you immune potatoes true all right well we are pretty deep into this one uh part two coming up part two is coming up um to our listeners, uh, Corey Jones will be on tomorrow to the Mario. What do you have to say to Corey Jones? Follow this up, bitch. Oh, shnikes. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Mario, would you like to plug any social media or any future projects? Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at DJ Duckies on Quack, spelled D-J-D-U-C-K-I-E-S-O-N-Q-U-A-C-K. Uh, you can follow me on Snapchat at Hi I'm Mario, spelled H I G H I M M A R I O, or you can follow me on my PayPal and Cash App at H I underscore I M underscore M A R I O. Shouts out! I'll get you more updates in the future.
All right. Well, thanks, guys. This has been the 10th episode of Weird Austin. Uh, we're going to do our best to keep uh, the momentum going. And I'd like to remind you guys that dogdogproductions.com is our website. You can go to Instagram, dogdogproductions, Twitter, dogdogatx. Our YouTube is Dog Dog Productions. Our SoundCloud is Dog Dog Productions. And if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash dog dog. That's patreon.com slash d-o-g-d-o-g. And that is it, guys. We are out. <laughs>